1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolak, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsinki. Guy, 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 And with me all the way from the land of East Bridgewater, is the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Anne Carrigan.
2: Well, good evening. Hello, everybody. Merry yeah. early Christmas. Yeah, Ron, well, you're, way, you're way too calm.
1: Way, this wrong. is, well, you know, I'm drinking eggnog with chlorine in it. So There you go. I'm chilling.
2: Right. I'm chilling. <laughs> why he's so laid back.
1: <laughs> I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Maybe you should uh, have that with every show. Yeah, we should. We really should be plastered for every show. Yep. Stink a mm-hmm. drunk. That would be great.
2: Well, not stinking drunk, but, you
1: know, loosened you up a little bit. I don't know. Stinking drunk would be good. I'd be like, yeah, well, I I think think
2: so. <laughs> whatever. I don't think so.
1: I don't no, think no, I've no. ever been stinking drunk, which is no. unusual. Really? Yeah, wow. I've always been kind of a control type guy, you know, so.
2: Well, yeah, you're scary enough sober. I I don't think probably getting stinking drunk would be a good
1: <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> the only person that ever saw me stinking drunk was... Uh, Laura Wooster. Really? That's what I've heard, anyways. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was she stinking drunk because of the way I was driving back from Gettysburg? I don't know. Uh, Anyways, joining us now is uh, a good friend of mine. Can I say that? I don't know. Um, Sure. Why not? There you go. And she is a sensitive. She is a member of the New England Ghost Project, but she is far beyond that. She is into all kinds of stuff that it drives me crazy because it's all rainbows and sunshines.
3: <laughs> What's wrong with rainbows and sunshine? Welcome, Laura. <laughs> Hi, Ron. Hi, Hi Laura. And Laura,
1: do you have a website?
3: I do have a website.
1: Would you like to give it to us?
3: Oh, sure. I'm still working on it, but, yeah, I could give you ah. a website.
1: <laughs> says, you um, know that, don't you? What's that? You know, everyone, everyone says that.
3: Oh, it's true, though. <laughs> it really needs a lot of work. But, anyways, I will <laughs> give it to you. Um, it's um, laurawuster.com. It's L-A-U-R-A-W-O-O-S-T-E-R.com. There you wow. go. That will be on our Facebook page,
2: Ghost Chronicles dash next generation. Really?
1: Ian, you uh, are so uh, efficient.
2: Aren't I? <laughs> I am right on the ball. Let me tell mm. you.
1: There you go. So, oh. anyways, before we get um into the show, I do want to mention two things. Next week is gonna be our live video broadcast. It's our special yes. Christmas edition, right?
2: Yes, it is. It is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, oh, we get all kinds of things, fun things planned. Here,
1: all kinds too. of surprises. Oh, yeah. And eggnog yeah. will be involved. So the. And go. eggnog.
2: Are you bringing the eggnog?
1: <laughs> I am. I am. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. And that'll be the last show of the year because, uh, of course, the next Wednesday is the 24th, and we won't have a show, and the next Wednesday after right. that is the 31st, and we won't have a show. So you locked wow, two out. two
2: weeks off. Phew.
1: So, anyways, let's talk to our guests. Okay, good idea, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> anyways, Laura. Um Hi. Laura also co-hosts um, Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition, too. And, uh,
3: Every once in a while. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. whatever. whatever.
1: You do do it. Yeah. You do do it. I, I do. But, yeah. You said do-do. <laughs> <I did. Ooh. laughs> anyways, um Anyways. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, go back to the show. So anyways, Laura, I mean, I've known you. I met you for the first time at Elizabeth Foley's uh, Reiki uh, class. You and I took it together, and then we we found out we had some things in common. And um, I watched you grow over the years and and become the person you are now, for better or worse. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it's been a long journey for you, haven't it?
3: It has. It's been a great journey, actually. Yeah. It's you know, I've, um, I sort of consider my spiritual journey journey starting about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So how long has it been since I've known you? I have no clue. It's probably been at least five years, right? Okay. So i
1: easy. You long, long... Whatever you tell me, I'm fine.
3: He's so old. Okay. He just
2: loses track. He loses track. Of time. <laughs> I have to forgive it Probably
3: about five years ago or so. So you've you've been on like half of my spiritual journey, pretty much.
1: Yeah. I've been like the spear <laughs> yeah. tire.
3: Yeah, you challenge me every once in a while. That's okay.
2: <laughs> Challenges me every day. But anyways, I digress. <laughs>
1: so hey, thanks, Anne. Um, so anyways. Um, I mean, what led you on this journey? Do you think? I mean, first, how did you realize that you had a journey to, to complete, and um, what what you think led you on it?
3: Um, it's funny when you—I I don't think anybody really says when they start on the journey that it is a journey. They don't even realize it. They just know something's up. Um, Every yeah, yeah, journey it, starts um... with
1: one step.
3: <laughs> um. So, I mean, the, the one thing that really... I mean, I've always sort of had something going on, like, even when I was really... When I was really little, um, I lived in this old Victorian mansion just outside of... Not a mansion. Mansion. That would be nice for the mansion. Mm. It was a house. <laughs> right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a house. And um, and it was just outside of Boston. And, um, you know, an older house. And, and there was, you know, there were some strange things that happened there. And I used to, to hear things and I would, you know, see things and experience things and... Uh, and, I, and at that time, I thought everybody saw things. And, you know, I, I, I remember hearing conversations going in the house that nobody else could hear. And, um, and I would sense presence of, I, at the time I didn't know what it was, but presence of spirit in my room um, when I was growing up. And um, also, um, you know, I, I used to have, like, literally I would be looking at the wall in my room and i would see what looked like movies playing out in front of me and there would it would be like a scene from the following day and then it was like you know and, and i would experience the same thing the um the next day i would see it um happen in front of me so um things like that but i never really thought much about it and um i although i did have a a tarot reading when i was about 11 years old and uh really? and i you know and i think you've interviewed her actually um She's from from Salem. Oh, I can't, oh my gosh, my brain just completely went out. Who was it? Um, she still works in Salem.
4: Okay,
1: there's, Salem. <laughs> there's like a million <laughs> people who work in, in Salem. I
3: know. I can't. <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name. That's okay. But anyway, there are um, more than
1: one territory there, too. Believe it or not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <You> think so. <laughs> but anyways, I think she I think she works at Christian Shop. But anyways, um, so she's been she's been doing it for years. But, um, so she told me I should, I should, um, uh, study psychic development. And at that age, I really didn't know what it was. You know, I had no idea. So, you know, fast forward, you know, to about 10 years ago, I'm 45 now. Okay. Um, I had, um, an unusual experience where I started hearing someone talking to me, and it turned out to be someone in spirit who's connected to the family. Um, So I had no idea. I'd never met this person. So um, it really got me, and once something like that happens, and Mm -hmm. you either think you're crazy or (laughs) there's something more to this. Uh, You know, there's two roads I was looking at here. I wasn't quite sure which one it was, Uh, maybe a little bit of both. But um, I... uh, started started this journey of trying to figure out what this is all about i didn't know like i'd watched john edward on tv but i i was fascinated by the work he did um you know i've always been kind of interested in in ghosts and things like that but i never really understood what he did and um finally and then i the basically the during this whole time after about a week or two after um this experience that i had i sort of one of his books kind of found me which is kind of I understand like pretty typical now Um, things just kind of come into your life at the right time Mm -hmm. and I started to understand what was happening here that spirit was talking to me so um, that started a big journey of me um, you know taking classes reading tons of books I have three bookcases full of books now of everything Mm -hmm. that has to do with psychic development and talking to spirit and um, and energy and things like that and uh, who wouldn't thought that you know 10 years ago I'd be where I am today so uh, anyhow
2: <laughs> if when you're embarking on a journey like this like mm-hmm. as you said when you were 11 you had no idea um yeah. what's like what's the first step how do you go about it uh, you know how do you get introduced to it
3: well, I it, I think people approach – everybody approaches it differently. Um, the way that I had approached it was just um, more of self-preservation because I wanted to understand what I was going through. It's either figure out what's wrong with me and get help or <laughs> learn more about it and, and continue on with it. So um, it was piece by piece I was working in this direction. But if anybody really wants to um, – look into developing psychically or to, I mean, everybody's psychic. I totally believe that. It's just, um, when you work on it, it's just like learning to play the piano. The more you, you play and practice, the more that you learn about it and the better you do, the better you understand, um, your gift. So everybody has it and everybody has different strengths, um, so it, it's just kind of you have to kind of play with it. I think it's fun actually um, to develop your psychic psychic abilities. And there's all kinds of games you can play. I know that um, Ron and I have talked about the Zenner cards; those are yeah. fun. Um, things like that, and just uh, you know, um, try, you know, imagine what you know, if you get the newspaper in the morning. What what's a word that's going to be in the headline of the newspaper in the morning, or what you know, things like that. Anything that can you can have fun with and test yourself every day and it's like a muscle. If you don't use it you're not gonna you're not gonna grow it. So it's mm-hmm. basically it's very simple.
2: <laughs> oh. Okay, because yeah. I think sometimes people, you know, may feel that way but they don't they don't know how to go about it. And yeah. And, oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it that's it, it a good answer. Um, what are they centered cards? What's
3: yeah. that? The the cards? Zenner? The Zenner cards. They, yeah, they're just um, they a set of five cards, and they have different simple symbols on them. Oh, and you okay. Just yeah, we, used, right. we
1: like, used those at uh, Spirit Quest last year. They're developed by the Ryan Institute, um, uh-huh. and uh, Harry Price and uh, the uh, Society for Cycle Research actually improved upon them because the original cards were tra- uh, somewhat transparent; people could actually see through them, but. Uh, oh. Uh, and Harry introduced the colors to it as well as just the five oh, that, symbols.
3: That's, that's fantastic, because it's, it's really cool. I mean, it's one thing. I, I always kind of figured that with the Zener cards. I've worked with them before, mm-hmm. um, but just recently I had an experience with them, and it really hit home is how, how helpful they can be to figure out how you perceive psychically. Because um, everybody, it's a very simple system. It's a very simple um, tool to use. But while you're using it, you can figure out how it works for you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I you know, was in a, in a class and we kind of started. We did a warm-up exercise where we each had our own set of Zener cards, and one person was the sender of the image, the, the person that was receiving couldn't see the image on the card, but mm-hmm. the person sending it could see it. Now these were all different colors. Each of the symbols not only was there a different symbol on each card, but each symbol had their own color, mm-hmm. and uh-huh um so the person that was sending the image to me um i found that i found i wasn't seeing the image of the symbol i was seeing the color rather than the symbol we did the exercise twice i did far better when i said this color rather than the symbol um Mm -hmm. and she was more visual as far as she, she could see the symbols much better than I could, and so she got she did better with the symbols. So, um, and also some people find when they are doing the zener cards that they may get the card that comes after the card that the person is trying to send right. to them. So they're more, um, uh, with, uh, yeah, precognitive. You know, they're more they're more likely oh. to see what's going to happen in the future rather than what's happening presently and what's. Mm-hmm. But more, oh, less, maybe less psychometry as well. But so it, you could, it's very subtle. These little things <laughs> that you can figure out with these cards. But some people get really frustrated, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not psychic at all. I'm like, no, no, no. Think about it. You know, keep track of it. What is and, and compare it and just see is it are you precognitive? Or are you are you more color based? I'm real color. I I do a lot with color in my readings. Um, I tend to see people's colors in their auras. So I'm very color based. Um, and some people are just very black and white visual. Some people can yeah. almost like feel the symbol rather than seeing it. So it, it's and some people might actually hear it. They might actually hear circle or they might hear, actually hear square in their head. Those people are a clear audience, you know. So um, so everybody's got their strengths. They're just got to figure out what it is. You know, it's just just like the physical strength. Some people have better eyesight than others, and some might hear better than others, mm-hmm. and, or they you know. Um, they might have a better sense of smell than
1: others. Just like that, <clears throat> psychic senses are very similar. So, and the the uh, Ryan Institute did a lot of research, and, and but unfortunately, the, the the cards themselves are flawed. They're still good for exercises, but uh oh, great. The ex, they they found out that you know that people, uh, for instance, if the, there are twenty five cards in a deck, and a run is twenty five, so they found out that a certain number. Uh, people can do fine, but after a while, they lose their concentration and their their scores will go down um, because of you know the, just the, the sheer length of doing it. Uh, they also found out that there's a thing called the goat sheep effect, where uh, uh, the the goats are actually people who really don't believe in the ESP, uh, and the sheep are ones who did believe in in the uh, sheep uh, s- tend to do better because they're more acceptable whereas they they believe the goats uh, are less acceptable so it's not that they can't do it it's just they don't want to do it they actually uh, prevent themselves from doing well uh, subconsciously well, that,
3: can, that can happen but it also can happen the other way as well um, I've been to many different types of psychic development classes where people who didn't think that they had a psychic ability whatsoever have done far better than some people who felt that they did um, <laughs> because they, they didn 't have any set expectations. I think sometimes when you think you're, you're expecting something to happen
2: mm-hmm. um,
3: right. then you're, you're more likely to be disappointed because you might be expecting it to information to come through in a certain way or to, for you to do as you know this well or that or not so well or whatever, and um, some people who just have no expectations and just see what happens. Um, can do fairly well, actually. So it can go both ways.
1: So, but does that go against the the uh, um, the mantra of the cigarette, where we manifest what we want? And so, if we think we're going to do good, we will do good. And if we don't think we're going to do good, then we don't do good.
3: Um, a little bit. But also, if you have, it also says something about expectations. I mean, you're living up to your expectations. If you're not expecting. A whole lot, or you're know, expecting certain things, and you're, then you're more open to Ooh. other to things to happen. If you're really set on certain things happening, um, you're not leaving yourself open to other possibilities. So you're not going to get much. <laughs> so, um, I guess, yeah.
1: So one thing I, I, I did. W- so, go ahead, Leanne. Go ahead.
2: No, I was just saying I I, I would agree with that.
1: Yeah. The uh, one thing I do want to talk to you with, uh, Laura, is that about how people perceive spirits. And this is an interesting topic because not every medium uh, perceives spirit the same way. Is, is that mm. right, Laura?
3: That's true. Well, it, it goes back to the, the psychic senses. Because um, anybody who would like, wants to learn how to connect to the spirit world, um, like I, I have a friend who says, every every psychic is a no every <laughs> every medium is a psychic but not every psychic is a medium so because they all um the, in order to connect mediumistically you've got to understand your psychic strengths as well so um a lot of the information that we receive from spirit is through our different clairs you know the the clear audience the clear sentience um um clairvoyance all those things and but everybody's Strengths are, differently, are, are different So say for example um, You have three mediums in a room And they're connected to one spirit For example And each of, the, one of them are going to experience different things Based on their own experience in life And also what their strengths are Some people might actually hear um, They might actually hear in their head I am a female Or I am somebody's mother Or something like that They'll actually hear that in their head Some people will feel that there's a mother or a female in the room, and someone actually might um, just know. Oh, there's a female in the room. You know, there's and for a, a female spirit. So um, everybody feels things differently, sees things differently. Um, I, for example, I rarely see. Like I'll see people's energy. I'll see like I'll I'll actually see their energy around them, but I'll see the colors of their aura in my head. Um, same with spirit. I rarely see spirit outside of my head. I see it in my head, as in my mind's eye. There's, it's rare, but some mediums actually see people objectively outside of their head, and they can actually see them standing in a room. I don't see that. I just I see them in my head. So, um, so every every medium is different, um, and also, like I said, um, it does depend on each medium's own experience as well. Um, it, 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 some people, you know, information that each spirit comes through with, um, the, the, the medium has to have a reference point for that. So, for example, um, someone who is really good at working at cars or working on cars or they know all about cars, they might do better with a spirit who maybe raced cars or knew a lot about cars because they have reference points to deal with there. Um because they can send them telepathically, and they'll recognize that image. That's the thing, you know. Because it's all a lot of it's telepathy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, people like I. For example, I had um, I was doing a reading not too long ago for somebody, and um, I kept seeing that I, like this, uh, I knew I was connected with this woman's grandmother, and we, you know, I was pretty sure because I had some information come through, and she said, "Yep, that's her. That's her. That's her." And I kept saying, I don't, I don't know what this is. But did she? Why do I keep seeing like? Um, I kept seeing like. This sounds really weird. And the funny thing is, some of the weirdest stuff that comes through is the best stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Because <laughs> um, I kept seeing, um, you know how like, um, like there's like, you know, um, like c- candies in different different colors. Like it might be like white chocolate and things like that. That's what I kept seeing. It looked like that. But I'm like, why do I keep seeing like? Candy lips and, like, candy <laughs> mustaches and things. Because I kept seeing things on sticks. You know, the lollipops, you know? That's what I kept yeah. seeing. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, okay, I feel very festive around this. And does, did your grandmother, like, make candy and stuff on sticks, like, for, like, novelties and things like that, for parties and favors and things? She goes, no. I'm like, I swear to God. Let me just I explain it to her again. It's exactly what I'm seeing. And she goes, wait, wait, wait. I know what this is. I'm like, she was, it's not candy, because I was thinking they would look like lollipop sticks, right? She goes, no, no, uh-huh. no, no, no. My cousin's wedding last month, they had a photo booth, and they had the lips and the mustaches on a stick so people could hold them in front of their faces. Uh, and the oh, taken. wow. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> so she was oh my saying God. that she was at she was at the wedding. So, um, oh. so, but the thing is, my reference was I thought there were just these novelty lollipop things, you know, cause <laughs> that's what it looked like to me. I didn't know what this was. I didn't have a reference point. So that's right. just an example. Um, so it's always the best. Like, so telepathy, she, telepathically, her grandmother was showing this to me, and I didn't right. know what she was showing me. That's so, um, so it just kind of shows you how, how as mediums, we have, to, we, you know, we kind of learn as we go along, um, what they're trying to show us. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
2: that's yeah. so funny. What a, <laughs> what a great hit. She must have been like, holy cow, that's amazing, well, you know?
3: Yeah, well, the thing is that once I stop trying to um, – that's the one thing I, I'm learning to let go of. As a, I mean, I consider myself a student medium, I'm a working medium, but I'm also still a student. And this one thing that I'm trying to let go of is reading too much into the images that I see and just tell them what I see, even if I don't <laughs> understand fully totally what it is. Because um, it took me a while. I'm like, let me just – okay – I explain I was trying to. I overread into it, explained it, and it didn't make any sense until I explained what I was seeing exactly as I was seeing it in my head. Um, so it's it's so cool how that works. So
2: um, it's almost how like you're,
3: work. Yeah,
2: like you're fighting it. Yeah, you know.
3: <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> so true. When we stop fighting it, it's so much easier, and it flows so much better. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, and then, and I'll get certain things certain bits of information that come in my head, and I, and I try to, like, oh, maybe that means this, and maybe that means that. And it just doesn't make any sense until I just tell them what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, aha, aha, that's what it is. So that's how mediums work. And it's not, like, all Hollywood. Um, you know, you get these Hollywood pictures of, like, again, hit across the head with an image, and they fall backwards. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, no know, it's, it's so Hollywood. I, I mean, if you ever see... Um, there's a really great movie, um, Hereafter, um, mm-hmm. with um, oh, I forget his name. Oh my gosh, from Bo- the guy, the kid from Boston, Cambridge. Um, Matt Damon. Anyway, Wahlberg. Matt Damon. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, I know we get those two mixed up. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. Matt Damon. Um, Hereafter. That's probably the closest imagery you're going to see to how a medium works. There's not a lot of drama, really. I mean, they, they it's, but it's. It's just kind of closer to how it works is a bit more quieter um, other than some, you know, some of the ones where they, you know, they get all weirded out and thrown across the room and stuff it doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I know somebody who does that, so take it easy.
3: <laughs> and we got <laughs> well, to say goodbye to you, Laura,
1: believe it or not. What's that? we got to say goodbye to you because your time no is
3: way. up. No way.
1: That flew by. Yes, it did. So we'll have you on again. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Laura. Uh, Once again, check out our website, laurawister.com, is it?
3: Yes, laurawister.com.
1: laurawister.com. Thanks, Laura. Have a good night.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye. Laura. Thanks. Take
1: care. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick. And our guest was Laura Wister, who will be right back after the following messages.
4: An oasis in this hectic world.
2: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with Ron and Anne. And our next guest is a
1: surprise. No, he isn't.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I want to make sure he's there before we go.
1: Tank. Yes, he's there. Uh, anyways, uh <laughs> we just talked about how uh mediums perceive the spirit world, and now we're gonna talk about how investigators perceive the spirit world with their fancy devices. So joining us now is the lead investigator for the Berkshire Paranormal, Mr.
4: Josh Mantello. Hey Josh. Josh? Good evening.
2: There he is. Hi, Josh.
4: Hello. Do you hear me?
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Hello. Oh. Yes. Yes. Can
4: you, can you hear us? Good evening. I can hear you. Sound good. Okay.
2: Good. <laughs> Way out in All the right. north at
4: <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, uh, the okay, uh, snow must be interfering with the signal. Oh,
2: God. You have snow?
4: You can't yeah, hear you. a lot. No, well, not a lot, but enough.
2: <laughs> There's just so a little time delay, Ron. That's all.
4: Josh, can you hear
1: us now? Right? Yep. Yeah, there is a delay. Okay. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit about ghost hunting, and, and you are the lead investigator for the para- for Berkshire Paranormal. Um, What about all this new equipment out there, Josh? Uh, Do you use any of it, and and is it useful at all?
4: You know, I've really kind of found myself at this point in time looking at a lot of the new equipment and not bothering to purchase a lot of it. Um, You know, for really the main reason, you know, a lot of it just seems to start being, at least in my opinion, you know, redundant on itself. You know, how many more times can we invent a box to, to communicate through EMF or through scanning radio frequencies or, or whatnot? Uh, it's so quick with, at least from what I'm seeing, not a lot of um, really good testing or proof, and it's just kind of being thrown out and, ad- and adopted by everybody really quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. now you used to uh you were i mean you've worked with some of the biggest names in the uh uh industry and because of the hooten mansion where you worked with you you've seen jason hawes you've seen the ghost adventurers and they use all kinds of fancy gadgets uh and have, have you, they got any good results with with them when you know even famous ghost hunters use them
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think technology is is, is absolutely important in, in the field that we're in, because at the end of the day, uh, I think when we write the final chapter on investigating ghosts and we, we find that solid proof, it's going to be done through technology. Uh, I mean, the main purpose being is, you know, like the first half of your segment, you know, when we talk about mediumship or sensitivity or psychicism, um it, it's you would have to prove that before you can use that to prove hauntings, you know. So you're using an unproven method or uh, a something that can be that skepticals aren't going to buy into. Prove something else. skepticals aren't going to, you know, buy in on. So, you know, the technology is what's going to do it. You know. So, and I've seen some fantastic things. I mean, you know, you really. It's tough to to debunk. You know, what a, a good infrared. You know. Uh, FLIR camera can produce, or you know, some of these more high-end, you know, electromagnetic field sensors, or and um, oh boy, it's kind of they're, they're like the the pods that can sense the minute uh, movements of of the of the floor and the magnetic fields around them. So things like that, I mean, very very important, I think, in in eventually creating a a scientific experiment of sorts you know of using it uh to use to to use a scientific method to prove and disprove what's happening in these locations and i've seen a lot of great results from some of you know some of the more popular ghost hunters that i i, I you know been in at least you know a few circumstances with uh with the most of them
3: mm-hmm.
4: so
1: it, do you think uh we are you know, we are looking in the right direction to find proof or existence of ghosts or spirits?
4: I uh, I mean, we, I think, you know, we have a good idea of what we're looking for and how we're looking for it. So, you know, it, there's some sort of energy, there's some sort of force, there's some sort of something that is creating the anomalies, that's creating the experiences, that's creating the, the visual effects and the, and the feelings people are getting in these um, renowned and well-documented haunted locations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of the equipment and in the, in the stuff we're using nowadays is some form of energy-based, whether it be K2, EMF, uh, REM pods, you know they, they're all measuring you know electromagnetic fields. this is in the, the the just the field around the earth in general you know and then on top of that they're also looking into the light realms that we can't see you know whether it be infrared or ultraviolet that our eyes can't see maybe is actually there you know standing right next to us so we're definitely looking in the right direction it's just you know I think we we need to find out what it is we're actually looking at a lot of the times. I
1: think that's the problem. And I, I, we had a gentleman from the U.K. on Ghost Chronicles International just yesterday, and he is an inventor of, of equipment and stuff. And Steve Parsons, my co-host, brought up a good point. If people see ghosts with no equipment... Why are we looking in the infrared range? Or why are we looking in the ultraviolet range? And by the way, the ultraviolet, you guys, uh, a member of your team, I remember was the first to, that I know of to, to work in that ultraviolet range. So why are we, if people are seeing ghosts with their own eyes, why are we looking in the UV and the IR ranges?
4: You well, know, probably just to allow any and all possibilities, you know. And, and I think that's why, you know, Scott, who was, you know, on my team, was that, you know, you know, when we first got into this, you know, everything infrared, 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 and you know, well what about the other half of the spectrum? You know, what what was it that made us you know look towards the infrared for you know, on everything? It is a little bit of an easier form to work with, but it doesn't mean there can't be anything there. And I think a part of it too is though, you know, at least in my in my perspective is is animals and other creatures can see out into that wider so it could just be something that, you know, we weren't meant to see, you know, whether it's something meant to see by by um, natural design, you know, or not, but the animals are, uh, you know, that's a question I can't answer, and I don't think anybody else really can answer at this point, but, you know, I think that's why we're looking there. There times, you know, we have a duck that will, you can tell a duck something, but it's not there, is it? The, mm-hmm. the animals can see into that realm, and maybe they're catching up on it, so you know we how are we going to to look in that realm so that the technology you know available enough for us to do that
2: mm-hmm. no i have i have a question about the ultraviolet i have never worked with that uh, on an investigation and can you just explain that a little bit to me
4: yeah, good luck <laughs> it's it's really no different than than working with with infrared but it's um the problem is is the lighting you know and it's it's a light that's a little bit more visible to us so when are you working with like infrared and infrared cameras you really don't see anything um it it really at the end boils down to you know using the right filters but what we were doing is we actually had a, a lot of black light um you know and in, in one room, ultraviolet filters so and trying to see what we could capture that was either reflective or creating its own ultraviolet light within um, within a specific room. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, when, when you first started doing that, I thought it was uh, rather odd because I, 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 it, my thought was that the spirit always dwelt in the infrared range and in, uh, working with Brian the Monk who uh, taught me infrared photography, you got some astonishing infrared pictures back on film in those days, but uh, That being said, too, the the spiritualists uh, actually said that spirit prefers red light, uh, and they were told that by the spirit supposedly. So uh, that's always where I've tended to go. Uh, So as far as the UV, uh, I'm not sure of my own personal uh, uh, beliefs, whether it's it's valid or not, Uh, but whatever. That's just me. (laughs) <laughs>
2: oh it's, just, yeah, it's
4: just and another and we take really on it really mixed results with it
2: mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah but you know you got to try and rule out every possibility you know and sure and that's what we try to do you know as as much as i've really changed i mean you know, my point of view on investigating from 10 years ago to now is, has really changed um you know, I was, you know, 10 years ago when I first started in those first kind of half decade, I was very scientific on every approach that we did. And I've really laxed on some of those scientific beliefs and approaches in my investigating in the last five years. But, you know, I still try to, you know, live by a good chunk of those rules. You know, and, and in those times, we really wanted to rule out every possibility, you know, and, you know, because for me, it, at the end of the day, I want to be able to approach everything I have in, in and in, in collect my evidence and, and hand my evidence off to whoever wants to analyze it and review it, and say this was really well documented and we can't find any loopholes in it. We want it, we really want to present the case, so when mm-hmm. I really write it down and I put it together. I want somebody to be able to say you really did a, you know exhaust every option.
1: Right. One of the interesting things that Josh did, and he did this many years ago, uh, he actually looked at the orb phenomenal and uh, did a lot of research on it and, and uh, tried to explain a lot of the stuff, which was good. I mean, you took some crap for it, too, but uh, <coughs> from them orb lovers. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting because you went and you spent time researching and putting it together, and I, I always found that uh, very intriguing, uh, Josh. So, I mean, what what made you do that, for instance? Uh, what what made you get involved in that? Why why look at it so extensively?
4: Well, it 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 was and still is probably one of the, the hottest debates within the paranormal world is you know orbs and whether they're ghosts or not ghosts or. Or what it really is, in a picture, and what's causing it. Um, now, I had a, a photography background going into you know my, my investigating, and you know, and, and really realized that you know there had to be some sort of logical explanation behind these. So I kind of took it as you know what was going to be my my forte. You know, and the biggest thing that I always consistently heard when anybody tried to uh, pass off or, or give me some sort of proof via orb was the placement. And and it was always, well, look at where this orb is. It is on this person's shoulder. It is, it is on, you know, it is by their heart. It is next to their head. You know, and the placement of the orb was always, you know, what in turn kind of made them feel it was a so some a family member recently uh, passed and there was an orb in a picture near somebody's shoulder, it was the, the deceased relative crying on their shoulder. You know, it, the placement of it really helped the uh, the story. Uh, so, at you know, at the time, I said, well, you don't really know where that is. Uh, pictures are two-dimensional. They're not three-dimensional. And, you know, if you ever watch um, there's a great TV show on uh, National Geographic called Brain Games. <laughs> they do a lot of these eye tricks with things like that to try to trick you. And that's what these orbs are doing. In reality, they're very close and out of focus to your to your lens. And it just appears to be somewhere else. So I really went out of my way to create different size, different shaped, and different depth. Um, circle white pieces of paper cut into a circle. And, you know would we'll take a very large one and put it close to it and a very small one further away and people would always guess which one was in the wrong position uh, because the camera, your eye automatically assumes what is larger is close and what is smaller is farther away so if I took a one inch diameter circle and placed it two feet away from the the camera and then often I took a two foot diameter and placed it ten feet away from the camera everybody would still tell me that the two-foot diameter one that was actually further away was closer just because it was Mm -hmm. larger. So your brain Mm -hmm. can't differentiate where it is. So all these times people are saying, well, this orb is on my... It's not. It is away from where the actual thing is. It's it's very deceiving. Mm. Okay.
2: Um, Something that I wanted to mention. um, Now... The last time we saw you was out at Benford Hall in uh, Lenox, yep. which was awesome. Yep. And there were some girls who had been, um, I don't know, they were doing, I don't know where they were having a little seance, or, or just doing some spirit communication in the the main room where, um, you know, they had all the chairs set up. The drawing room, library, uh-huh. library like it was a library. Mm-hmm. And they kept coming up with this same name and I, I wanna say it was Peter. And they didn't know who he was and um, he was complaining about uh the rug or something that they had recently put in there.
1: Oh yeah, I remember
4: that.
2: Huh. I remember. Okay. And Yeah, I, I think so, I
4: remember that conversation, yeah. Was that yeah. glass swirling? I think we were doing glass swirling at the time.
2: Um maybe.
4: We were at maybe. the end of the night, I, I...
2: Yeah. So what um, I had purchased uh, a book that um, was like the history of Bedford Hall and brought it home. And a few days later, I was reading it and realized that the person that they were talking about mm-hmm. was a photographer. The, the name matched up. Huh. It was a photographer. He did a lot of photography for the family that um, really built out that house that the name is escaping me. Um, but I came across the name. There was a credit underneath one of the pictures, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's 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 the guy.
3: Hmm.
2: That's the guy who was coming through to them. So I yeah. just wanted to mention that. He was kind of like probably, you know, they kept him on some kind of retainer because he photographed the house throughout yeah. uh, the whole expansion. Hmm.
4: So I and, bring that up. Um, if, if that's just, you know, great. You know, I great about places like that is they're so large and so many people over over you know a century and a half almost two centuries have passed through its doors and walked on its floors that uh-huh. you know people automatically assume that it was maybe just the one owners that more so the more famous owners of the building worth morgan's of the jt morgan fame but plenty uh-huh. of other people have passed through those doors and and have ties to the buildings so don't don't be you know my my advice to you is don't be so narrow-sighted, you know, open it up, Mm -hmm. think of all the other people who have, in some form or another, uh, Mm -hmm. walked through there. So even a photographer, you know, as a photographer Mm. myself, you know, there are certain places I just love to continually photograph. I have thousands of pictures of one thing, but it's like my favorite place to go, and I will go there consistently and always try to get a different face of it, you know, so that could have been that case for him, and he's, mm. you know, he's just still going back there because maybe he loves, you know, photographing it so much that, mm. and, and he had a love for it—the the look, the feel, and the beauty of it. Right. Yeah. right, Just didn't like the rug, I guess. He didn't like the rug. though. So. <laughs> yeah, didn't it like the rug. Well, you know, the, you know, in in one thing, you know, is in in all, you know, investigating now, a lot of times you hear about a a haunting or activity picking up when you suddenly start making renovations or laying new rugs or painting walls and maybe he didn't like the some of the newer choices that they had uh put in mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we actually we actually have a question in the chat room for you this goes back to uh i guess orbs um uh, do you see that there
2: um
1: it's from linda oh
2: what about oh yeah linda had asked what about all these orbs that are caught on cameras
4: you know, it, it's, it's really tough. Uh, and the only time, you know, I will really consider, you know, and this is my belief, you know, and I've gotten in plenty of arguments with others before about this, and I'm not here to, to bash on other people's beliefs, but, you know, scientifically or from a photographer's point of view, the only real time you're going to, if an orb is unnatural, is if you're shooting off of a tripod without a flash. Um, if you start showing me light streaks or glowing dots and you're taking a picture from you know, a camera mounted on a tripod and not using a flash, that has a lot of very good credibility. And I have seen those pictures before. But uh, without getting into a Photography 101 class, um, you know, <laughs> taking pictures in the dark, which is what we do. You know, we investigate at night typically and in, in the dark. Um. As soon as the lights are down, the cameras start, you know, especially these point-and-shoots and cell phone cameras, they really start doing some funny things in their settings that, that right. are conducive to causing orbs. The flash goes off, which then any particle of dust in, you know, these old, creepy places we investigate are old and dusty. <laughs> any particle of dust floating by the front of that lens is going to bounce the light from that flash back the camera is focused feet away, so anything in front of that lens is just going to look glowing and distorted and transparent, like an orb. Um, you know, and light streaks. You know, when it's dark, a camera will tend to have a slow shutter speed, which then means even the 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 smallest centimeter of movement and flicker in your hand will translate into what looks like a foot of light streaking. You know, down the you know, in the picture. So right. these are the things that most people don't consider or just don't know about because they they don't know how a camera works. You know, when you're taking pictures in the dark, which we tend, like I said, what you know we usually do when we investigate.
2: Right, right. Well, that's good to, you know, it's good for people to know that because your average person doesn't know that. You know, they point a camera, they shoot. And
4: yeah, and it's, yeah, and, you know, the results, can be, you know, I've said, wow, that's a really interesting looking orb. That's that's something, you know, I have a hard time explaining. And if you ever see me on an investigation, you know, I very awkwardly walk around because I have a larger SLR mounted to a tripod, you know, over my shoulder because that's all I will take pictures with is, you know, mounted on a Mm -hmm. tripod some of the causes of what would be a spirit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of them in there. I, I One of the my favorite pictures I ever took, and this kind of to, to answer the question, you know, what about all these orbs and, and pictures? I took a picture in a basement, and I did this on purpose. And I took a that would haunt did uh, oh. There was minimal anything, no dust. You know, no, no dust orbs, no orbs. And I took my foot, and I scuffed it on the floor and I purposely kicked up some dust and same uh, camera Josh. you know, I didn't call the spirits to come to me they're just there hmm.
1: we lost you a little bit on that Josh so we quite didn't get everything that you said unfortunately
4: oh, I'm sorry Um, short version is is you know, I kicked a pile of dust in an old creepy basement and created a bunch of orbs when the previous picture didn't. It? Um, <laughs> yes. You know, it kind of.
1: I know that people like Lloyd Abrack, a parapsychologist from California, and, and Steve Parsons, uh, the parapsychologist and the head of uh, parascience, uh, they don't do ghost hunting in the dark. They don't shut the lights off, they do it in the light. Uh, what's your thoughts about that?
4: Um, you know, the, right. I mean, there's no reason to believe that a spirit only comes out at night. There are, you know, certain religious beliefs and certain, you know, thinkings that, you know, the spirit world is closer between midnight and 3 a.m. But if I was a 9 to 5 person when I was alive, I very well may be a 9 to 5 person when I'm dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason for me. Uh, and I wish I could remember who 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 said this, because uh, it was a great quote that I use all the time. I heard it on a radio show late at night one night. It's like a flashlight at dawn versus a flashlight at midnight. If a spirit is attempting to make itself known, and it's using all the energy it can to just emanate the slightest bit of light for your eye to see, are you going to see that light better at noon or at midnight?
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
4: So, you know, if you take a flashlight and shine it against the wall at high noon, that flashlight's light is barely visible. But if you take that same flashlight and turn it against the same wall at midnight, that light is very illuminating and very bright. So if a sphere is emanating its essence in light, we're going to see it better at midnight than we would at at noon.
1: Very interesting. That was the uh, doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here. So it's time to say goodbye to you, Josh. Josh, do do you have a website you'd like to give out?
4: Um, you know, you can follow uh, follow me on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Facebook's my name. Twitter is Burke Ghost Hunter, all one word. But you also have BerkshireParanormal.com. I have Jason, which up for another day or two to spend until next month. But BerkshireParanormal.com or just follow me on Facebook and Twitter.
1: All right, Josh. Thank you so awesome. much for joining us. Josh?
4: Oh. It was a pleasure. Okay.
2: I right know. <laughs> Thanks, Josh.
1: Go back with the snow. Okay, so that was interesting, and that hour just flew by, but it's time to I wrap know. it up. Uh, yeah. Next week will be the live video presentation of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, the special Halloween edition, which will no, be. No,
2: Christmas. same Christmas.
1: thing. Same thing. I know. <laughs> Same thing. Halloween is it's like Christmas, so. Different colors. Yes. Different colors. Different colors.
2: <laughs> oh, Nate, we'll miss you next week. Thanks for yeah. coming by, though.
1: Yeah, we have eggnog.
2: <laughs> we have eggnog. <laughs> we're actually going to have a little
1: party, right?
2: Yeah, we're going to have a little party for our, uh, our uh, cast crew. and crew. And, yeah.
1: uh if you want to come egg down egg. and join us, contact Dan yeah. on the page, and uh, we'll let you in as long as you're there before the show starts. Before 7 o'clock.
2: Before 7 yeah. o'clock.
1: So, egg time egg to, egg to egg wrap on, it up.
2: <laughs> time to wrap it up.
1: And yeah. say good night and God bless everyone.
2: Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Ghoulies to ghosties, long legged beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord. Are
2: you
3: looking for-